fact that people told us it won't work, I said, don't listen to them, it will. And, um, and uh, so they're, they're looking to go for it. And uh, we just thank God for these Sunday night uh, gatherings. And uh, as Christian said, just to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. And uh, tonight, just for a moment or two, uh, I'm just going to share something from the Word of God. And uh, if you've got a Bible, then you may want to access it. It's just a verse. If not, then it'll come up on the screen. And the text is 1 Peter in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Therefore, and I'll give you a reason for the therefore in a moment, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your heart on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Or as one slightly different translation says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Right. And then the message Bible says these words. So roll up your sleeves. Yeah. Put your mind into gear. Right. Be totally ready. Right. And I want to talk tonight for a moment or two about ready, steady, God. Right. You're as old as me. Can you remember that program you used to be on on a Saturday night? Ready, steady, God. It was a pop program where they used to play. You see people shaking their heads, Christians, Christians denying it, you know. And, uh, ready, steady, God. Last Sunday night, we had a great message throughout the day um, from Christian regarding just setting us up for the prayer and fasting season and uh, just to continue to sort of press into God and of course we're in that and uh, tonight it's just my joy to be able to share and I just wanted to sort of pick up on that as we, as we move into, into the new year. You know people talk about resolutions and, and uh, they very quickly sort of come and go. On January, on January the 3rd last Saturday I went to the gym, I was just to share guess how many people are in the gym? Wow. It's only me. So the New Year's resolutions have already gone by the, by the boards. Me all on my own. It wasn't a New Year's resolution for me, it's just something that, you know, trying to sort of keep going. But the thing about it is that so often we can say we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do the other. And the reality is at times that actually people lack the inner will to be able to do that. And tonight it's not about self-effort, self-help, it's about a revelation of what God's plan is that sits over our lives. That allows us to be prepared for action, to roll up our sleeves, to put on a new mind and to be totally ready. The text says, therefore, and 1 and 2 Peter, like numbers of books in the New Testament, were written to a backdrop of opposition. He says in chapter 1 and verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered through the provinces. And then he gives a list of them. The diaspora, the scattered. They were being scattered because of their faith in Jesus. And we've even seen, friends, in recent weeks and months that there are still people 2,000 years later that are being scattered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. I was uh, reading an article from Open Doors this, this last week that listed the 50 nations of the world where it's dangerous to be a Christian. North Korea at the top. Dangerous to be a Christian. Sharon was talking to somebody in our Arena Ilkeston context this morning that lived for a time in the Middle East that used to do secret church. It was dangerous to gather and to open the Bible and do what we do. And these people, because of their faith in Jesus, were being 
been scattered. The Lord, in his purpose and plan, because all things work together for good to those that love him, and accord according to his purpose, was using it to spread the good news message. And he reminds the people of their value of faith. And he tells them that although their faith is tried as fire, in those opening verses, it's much more precious than God's. And he goes on to say in verse 8, though we have not seen him, we love him. How many of us would like a fiver for every time somebody said to us, if you show me God, I believe. No, it's a walk of faith. And here tonight in Mansfield, even though we've not seen him with our feet to the choir, we love him. Something has taken place in our heart as the Spirit of God has moved upon us to bring us to a relationship and a connection with Almighty God, who in Jesus Christ loved us and invaded this world, and we bring a response back to him, a walk by faith. That was the context of Peter, the apostle, writing to these scattered Christians in various regions around the known biblical times. And then he says, in the light of all that, faith being tested, much more precious than gold, though you've never seen him, you love him. Therefore, roll up your sleeves, put your mind into him, be totally ready. Ready, steady, go. And I believe that God's really wanting to confront some people tonight, if I can use that word deliberately and advisedly. You see, in the Bible, there are often nuance of meaning for words that we've only got one word for. Many of you will know love, for example. In the Bible, there's eros, there's storge, there's agape, there's Filion, four expressions in the original language of the New Testament where we would use the word love. And so it is for the word new. And so it is for the word time. In the, in the New Testament, when it's speaking about time, it's sometimes using the word chronos. Today is January the 11th. It's my, one of my sister's birthdays. We forgot to send her a card. We'll have to go in the post tomorrow. And I woke up this morning and says, was it Ellen's birthday? It was. But when it, have you found it when it falls on a Sunday? It never works the same. Does it get The cards come about Thursday, you know, the following week. But January the 11th, 2015, Chronos. But the Bible also speaks in terms of time of Kairos. And Kairos is where God comes in a significant yeah. season to do specific things. That are not determined by Kronos, but are determined by God breaking in and doing something amazing. And as we were worshipping tonight, as we were preparing the message, I really sensed in my heart afresh that God is confronting people with a Kairos season in your life. And I believe for people, if I can say it boldly, part of that season connects with this church. And God is setting you up to do something specific in your life, in this time. Of course, the power of our human will is that we can always push it away. And we can continue to do our thing and sort of plot our journey. Or we can seek to have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us, however discomforting that may be at times, and seek to respond to Him. So I want to give you four things tonight that initially may appear negative, but as you turn them on the head, you'll find that they're positive. It's actually four messages, but please don't worry, we're going to be done for 
reiterate that word into Arena Mansfield tonight. Stop letting lids come down on your life. What about the lid of your past? Oh, my past. God says it's forgiven. What about the lid of your postcode? Mine was MG85ME. It wasn't Ravenshead. It wasn't West Richmond. It wasn't Portree. It wasn't Berry Hill. It was a small council house estate that intermerged on the wrong side of the city of Nottingham. We've got to call it this council house kid. But all I said, Lord, is I follow you. Whatever it costs, I follow you. And somehow it took all of my life. It lifted the limits off all of that. I said, well, if you really mean it, this is going to be the ride of your life. Yeah. The limits of how you think church ought to be done. The limits of traditions. And so we could go on. And God said, break camp and advance. Notice he says break camp, it's a decision. It's a decision. And in this Kairos moment, I believe that God is calling people to decisions. That might even cost He says also, advance this direction. So where are we going? Well, that's the problem. Some of us want Z, and we've not even stepped into the B. It's not going to work like that. It's not going to work. If God didn't show me everything that lied ahead in my life, I'd have won a mile. But thankfully, He didn't show me Z, and I've not got there yet. I'm probably at D in the journey. There's so much more. And then there's vision. Because he told them to see the land that was before them. What is vision? Vision is not daydreaming. Vision is not pipe dreams. Vision is an inspired look that leads to inspired action. That's what vision is. He sees something and says, God, whatever it costs, I'll do it. An inspired inward look that works itself out in inspired action. Let me just on a Christian for a moment because he gets up here in a very modest way to point out all the community stuff. I pointed to a visitor this morning to Christian and said, without him, that wouldn't have happened. We've got 64 volunteers down at Arena Church, community hall, on a, reg- on a weekly basis. But somebody saw something, his entrepreneurial gift, his breakthrough gift, his ability to connect with executives, civic leaders, all of those sorts of He saw something. It started with that pallet, you remember, with the three bags of Tesco shopping on it. And last year, if you work the maths out, it's over, well over 45 parcels a week given out to people. 1,300 people connected. An inspired walk. But he did pine tree. Five years later, he said, wouldn't it be great if we went and go, go and reached out to the community? Something that, well done, Christian. Keep going. Yeah. Keep being encouraged. And when discouragement comes, push it aside. And keep running with the vision. But it's not just Christian. And that's the beauty of Arena Church, friends. It's not about a couple of people at the front. It's about all of us. It's about It's about every one of us finding our part to play in the body of Christ. Please don't be limited. You look at somebody tonight that, naturally speaking, would so limit himself. Would so look and say, you know, when God asks me to do something, I always look over his shoulders, 20 people can do it better. Always. I have to press through those things. Press through. Press through. 
not in a spirit of arrogance, but in absolute dependence on God. To say, God, I don't want to be limited. And I believe there are people around this room tonight, of all ages, and the best really is still in front of you. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And then secondly, don't be intimidated. Because Deuteronomy moves into Joshua. And now God was getting really serious. Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, now you're the man. And he said on a number of occasions in those opening verses of Joshua, don't be afraid. It's amazing how many times in the Bible God says do not fear. The reason being that so naturally we can. And here we are in 2015. But already we've seen awful things taking place in the first few days of this new year. That inwardly would cause us to fear. How's all this going to work out? Who's going to be next? And so it goes on. And God says, don't be terrified. You know, another message that's laid itself into Arena Church over the years... And they actually played the song at the end. Can you remember on that Sunday morning? Just don't stop me now. Yeah. And uh, we talked about the principle of every time we start to set out into something new in God, the enemy tries very quickly to avoid what's seeking to take place in our heart. So this week I was very, very conscious of praying for the people that got baptized this morning. And for those of you that were there, didn't they do fantastic? But the reality is little doubts creep up. <laughs> Things start to go wrong during the, because the enemy saying, Baptism, they're serious. I want to stop it. Call of God, thinking about doing some training, I want to stop it. And so every time you step into the next of God, the enemy will try and abort it before he begins to flower and take fruit. And see what he's trying to do. And don't be terrified or intimidated, but press into what God is doing. In chapter 1 and verse 3, he says, I will give you every place where you set your feet, possession. In verse 4, he says, he goes on to say, your territory will extend from the desert. Expansion. Wasn't that a great word? What about 70 becoming like the stars yeah. in the sky over Mansfield? Yeah. God doing something that he's never, ever done before. Because we spoke out those communities tonight, every one of them having a light in them and an expression of God's kingdom ex- ex- expansion. Verse 5, he goes on to say, no one will be able to stand against you. Vindication. And people will try and stand against you. But God will vindicate He goes on to say that he would be with you in all things. Consolation. And then in verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Inspiration. You see, God wants his friends not to be intimidated. And I speak against any fear that would lay on our hearts tonight. Anything that we receive in terms of media that will be pushed aside. As God begins to increasingly reveal what he's talking to you about in your life. That there'll be nothing that would intimidate you from stopping what God has called you to be. And then thirdly, into the New Testament, don't be dehydrated. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. Jesus is talking to the disciples. And he says these words. 
He says, on the last and great day of the festival, of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come unto me and drink. You know, the believes in me, as the scriptures are said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And by this he meant the Spirit of God, with those who believed in were later to receive. Acts chapter 2, of course. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. The Holy Spirit, friends, didn't come into existence in Acts 2. He's God. He's always been. He always will be. Hebrews 9.14 talks about him as the eternal spirit. But in an expression of his power and work, Jesus says, when I go back to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the one who comes alongside, and he will give you power to be witnesses for me. And that same spirit is in the earth today. Remember that great song by Melody Green, who was the widow of Keith Green, the great songwriter of another era. The sadly was killed in a, in a car crash. There is a redeemer, Jesus, God's own son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your son and leaving your spirit in the earth till the work is done. The work is not yet finished, friends. The work is not yet finished. Please be weary of going to extreme prophetic websites that say we're going to get zoomed out any minute now because this was the sign last week. We're going nowhere. Because there's still 3 billion people in the world that haven't heard the good news of Jesus. And Matthew 24, 14 says that all the nations of the earth, all the ethnic groups need to hear the gospel of the kingdom. Then the end will come. We don't need to be praying to be going anywhere. We need to keep praying that we'll be filled with the Spirit. That we'll arise and shine and our light will come and we'll touch Jesus. We'll touch people in Jesus' name in an amazing way. Mark Batterson laid something into the life of the church through his great book, Circle Maker. Now, a couple of years ago, about thinking long. And the suddenlies happen very quickly. But the suddenlies happen out of process. And I believe this year that God's going to do some suddenlies in people in this room because you've been thinking long. You've been praying for people for years. They're going to get saved this year. You've been believing for daughters and sons to return to Jesus. They're going to come back this year. Because the suddenly comes out of a process, out of a commitment, out of the secret place, out of prayer and fasting. Thinking long. And the reason that we need to be continually filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, in the grammatical tense of that verse, be being filled is because we leak. We live in a dark, black, nasty world at times that depletes us. Be being filled with the Spirit. Continue to be strengthened and empowered to be the witness that He's called you to be. He said, I don't know if you've ever watched people run a marathon. 26 miles, 385 yards. No matter that's 26.1 meters. That's what the proper distance is. And um, if you don't know what a yard is, come and see me afterwards. All right. But uh, it's three foot and that won't help you. It's 36 inches and that'll get even worse. But anyway, the fact is it's a long way. You don't say on a Saturday night, tell you what, I'm going to run the London Marathon tomorrow. What preparation have you done? I haven't done any. Who would be alright? Well, you'd be half dead. I'm about alright. There's preparation. There's people training for the London Marathon in April out today. Freezing, biting cold day. I was listening to Bradley Wiggins over, over uh, on Radio 5 over Christmas. And he said, when he was 17, he was, uh, he was one of the best uh, junior cyclists. Sir Bradley Wiggins, I should say. Um, he was one of the best junior cyclists in the world. He said, we lived in London. And he says, my grandparents lived in Ryde in Kent, 76 miles away. He says, they all went in the car, I went on the bike. 
He says, because I knew that there was going to be none of my contemporaries on the bike on Christmas Day. I wanted to be a child. Amazing. Preparation. But you'll notice, and now we've got people saying that the elite athletes are even thinking that they can break two hours for a marathon. That's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is that these people prepare. But you'll even notice the elite athletes, never mind about those dressed up in daft costumes that are taking all day to get round. But you'll notice that they, they replenish themselves. There's water tables along the route. And sometimes they'll have their own specific bottle with their own mix of water because they realise that if they dehydrate, they're not going to get to the finishing line. They're not thinking about the first mile. They're thinking about the 25th mile. They are thinking long. But God wants every one of us to breast the tape of finishing the journey of faith for him so that we can say like the Apostle Paul near the end of his life, I've... I've fought fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've completed the course. And if we are to think long and not to become dehydrated, the Spirit of God is not just one-off experience. It's to be continually filled. Gathering brings replenishment. Worship together brings replenishment. Homing in to the Lord, speaking in other languages as He helps us, brings replenishment. But I encourage you, friends, to keep drinking of the water. And God will take you with acceleration on the race this year. Finally, don't be isolated. In Acts chapter 13, a great team. It's amazing what, you, it's amazing what happens at the door of the church on a Sunday morning. God bless you, God bless you, great to see you. How's that going on? Oh, boy, this morning. So how does this team work in the church? Yeah. I went sort of like digging deep into the theology of ministry team. Bye, 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 and back to this point. He didn't get it. Nobody does. See, because everybody's worked, so many people work into a flawed model. There's some superstar that everybody else undergirds. And then we wonder why it all goes wrong. We believe in accountable team in man's spin arena. Just, just how it works. He said to me, well, what happens if the elders disagree? So, so you think we never disagree? So I begin to describe the strong characters around the table. I says, but if something around the table was so of a disagreement that we just wouldn't go forward until we've got a place of consensus, but we've got a, we've got a, kill, a culture of disagreeing on every, anything but disuniting on nothing from the table, where we can have candor and openness, and somehow the Spirit of God allows us to come to a sense of moving forward together, but then spills down to the church. It's how it's supposed to work. And a team in Antioch of prophets and teachers were meeting together. Whilst they were worshipping the Lord, the Spirit of God said, Separate them to me, Barnabas and Paul, for the ministry I've called them to do. And those of you who know your Bibles will know that the first missionary journey be- began. Churches planted, people set free from the powers of darkness, people healed, wonderful things taking place. And when they came back from that journey in Acts chapter 14, it tells us that the very first thing they did is that they reported back to the eldership and people in Antioch all the things that God had done. In other words, we're not doing this in isolation. We're not doing this in independence, but in interdependence. We're connected. We're with others. You are not called to do this on your own. You are not called to do it outside of being planted in a local house. And friends, whatever gift God has given you, 
and he surely has, it will work best out of connection with others. Therefore, prepare for action. Get ready. Roll up your sleeves. Put your mind into gear. Be totally ready. Brothers and sisters, we're in a Kairos moment. And to walk that season, that God season for you, that God season for me, that God season for Arena Church Mansfield, let's not be limited. Let's not be intimidated. Let's not be dehydrated. Let's not be isolated. Those four situations that I've described tonight sit on the edge of something new. Leaving a mountain, crossing into a nation, the birth of the church, and a day of mission. And the heart principle and application of all these examples applies to us. I believe it with a passion tonight, if you can hear it prophetically, there's a new day for people in this room. There's a new, there's a new stage to step onto. There's a new day, a new dawning, a new field, something fresh for you to walk into that is not determined by chronology, but it's determined by the Kairos purposes of God. And I pray that you'll turn those don'ts on their head and make them do's. But every one of us will take hold of all that Jesus Christ has taken hold of us for. And as we continually chart the course of this year, we'll be very, very conscious that we're right in the centre of what God wants to do. Thank you. Team, if they've just come up for a moment, we can leave this just for a moment, okay? One of the guys would just come and just join me, please. We're going to conclude in a moment.